Welcome to the Big Beatles Sort Out, the show where I, author and musician Gary Abbott, have now ranked all of the Beatles core catalogue releases with help from my brother and resident Beatles expert, Paul Abbott. Hello, Paul. Hello, Gary. Nice to be back. Nice to have you back. Yes, all of a week off, <laughs> essentially. Yes, is that all it's been? It feels like uh, longer. Yeah. Um, yes, we had a lovely time away. Yes, in, and, and even though I wasn't thinking about it at the time, there's tons of Beatles connections to where we've just been on holiday. Ah, uh, yes, so we went to Harlick. And, uh, yeah, and places around there like Port Merion and stuff, yeah. which obviously uber 60s-ish connections. But Harlech itself was, I knew I'd, I should have looked into it really because we could have done a bit of a pilgrimaging. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like, so there was 1958, Paul and George hitchhiked just on a holiday down to, ended up in Harlech. Right. Went to try and stay in someone's field. The weather turned and they just ended up stopping for a week in this farmhouse with his family. Okay. And they loved it so much. I had such a good time with like the kids there, um, the Briley family it was. Mm. The, this kid was, had a guitar and liked Elvis records, so they were just having a, a great time. There was a piano and stuff like that. And uh, they sat in with a band in the in the Castle Hotel or the Queen's Hotel, whatever it was called, by the by the castle even. Okay, yeah. And uh, yeah, I was just so a cross reference to Mark Lewison's big book. Mm. Um. Yeah, yeah, Queen's Hotel pub, that's what it's called, yeah. They were talking about them sitting in with the Vikings, a little skiffle band in Harlech, which must have been amazing in 58, because Harlech's tiny now, but mm. it's been so small then that there was, but still yeah. had a skiffle band. Wow. You know, so Paul and George, you know, teenagers on, on a sort of hitchhiking holiday doing that. And then apparently they went back the following year and stayed with them again, oh, cool. but, le- but left with, with one of the blankets from the house. And right. and years later, Mrs. Briley wrote to Paul McCartney sort of saying, oh, do you remember you uh, took one of my blankets? <laughs> and I think it was, as far as I can tell, because it propped up this year and this suddenly a bell started ringing. This year, a letter came up for auction from Paul McCartney to this woman. Right. From, I think, 1989 or something of him saying, oh, Mrs. Briley, thank you for, for your letter. It got to me eventually. Uh, I'm so sorry we left with your with your blanket, and he sent her a, like a check for thirty pounds or something to settle the debt for this blanket from 1959. <laughs> oh, well, that's nice of him. You know, thirty years later, and that letter went up for auction. So I couldn't find out whether it actually sold or yeah, how much it sold for. The, but, the letter uh, probably ended up costing more than the uh, the uh, money he sent for the blanket. I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but I think that I think he, that was. As far as I could tell, I couldn't quite work out when he wrote that letter back. Some places were saying it was once he would become a Beatle and she wrote to him. But um, some other places were saying it was like the 80s. So I don't know. But yeah, so it was just Harlech, such a tiny, beautiful place in Wales. And we were, we were there. There was Beatles stuff all around us. And we, you know, if we'd have been in sort of a pub going mindset, we should have gone down and... Well, we didn't know, did we? Until, no, but, um, we didn't. Yeah. Um, we, we passed the pub. I remember the pub. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we would have passed the farmhouse where they stayed as well, so... How cool. So there you go. So we had a, a Beatlesy holiday without meaning to. Yes. And that's why we were away for a week. We were. So just for recap for um for everybody, we basically have spent forty three weeks for the last well, every week for more or less the last forty three weeks, with the exception of a few bonus episodes here and there. Scoring and exploring five songs picked at random. Um and we've now finished out of the big task and uh, that's all 213 Beatles songs in my perhaps foolhardy attempt to find my favourites so it's done almost because we still have a few things to sort out um, and we want to have a look back at what this means for the albums chart too and things like that but first up I'm going to take it that if you're listening to this you've followed the series so far because this really isn't the episode to start with yeah, this would be a strange place yeah. to begin. So if you're listening to this, despite me saying that, stop being weird and just go and listen to the rest first, because that would be a strange thing to do. Um, so I'm hoping you're li- coming to this after, you know, having heard at least the majority of the first um, 43 episodes um, and all the bonuses, of course. Uh, secondly, thanks to all of you who left us reviews after my call out in the last episode. So the last episode where we scored the last few songs. I asked if you could take that little bit of time to give us, um, you know, drop a few words and give us a review. And quite a few of you did that, which was great. Um, we can always do with more. 
So, you know, yeah. get reviewing if you haven't done so already, especially with us coming up to a period where there might not be so many episodes for a little while whilst we're getting series two together. So it's it just helps to bring some new people along. Yeah. Um, and thank you, as always, for all the lovely messages of support from you, of, um, from you who said you would miss us, um, which um, we were reading on holiday, weren't we, Paul? We were getting some of those. Yeah. Um, so, and I noticed on holiday, Paul, how every time you put on your iPhone, your iPhone kind of a playlists on your Bluetooth speaker, it was always early Beatles that was playing. Was it? Mm. I didn't even really think about it. Yeah. Just go with instinct, go with my, my gut, you know, don't need to think about it too much, like doing a podcast for 43 <laughs> weeks about yeah. it. True. So anyway, just let's do some usual admin. If you do want to get in touch with us, you can do that at big underscore sort on Twitter and Instagram or at the big beetle sort out at gmail.com. We've already had quite a few suggestions for what series two should entail. And we will update you at the end of this episode with what our thoughts are on that. So that'll be exciting, won't it, Paul? Yes, it will. It definitely will. I was looking forward to the future. Mm. And thirdly, Paul has put us some merch up on the internet with um, our signature psychedelic arrows that you can now own on a mug. Imagine that. Yeah. So, well, you don't have to imagine it because you can just click on the Red Bubble store link on the podcast description and it will take you to where you can buy um, a mug. Uh, we never, we don't want to hide anything behind a paywall or fill this podcast with sponsorship or anything like that. But if you want to grab yourself a big sort cup or mug, it helps just cover some of the small costs we have doing these, um, this podcast as an independent podcast. And I think it um, looks very nice, Paul. Well, I, I, it hasn't got our logo on, but it has got our no. colours and, and they're all inspired by the Magical Mystery Tour album cover. So it's, it's got a nice sort of, uh, shiny Beatles-y look to it anyway. So it go, on, go and get some of them. Buy yeah. yourself eight. And yeah, <laughs> eight, ten, why not? Um, and if we think of anything else that can go up there, that we can put up there, obviously we have to keep, you know, put Beatles faces and logos yeah. and things. That's not for us to do. Um, then we will do. Um, can't think of any good slogans. Uh, no, just not me just sighing. Yeah, I don't know how you'd get that. <laughs> pregnant, just brackets, pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so if you have any ideas, you know, let us know. Um, so... Before we crack on with our big look back at the big Beatles sort out, how about an on this Beatles day, Paul, the, which was 16th of August? Well, I'd hate to disappoint anyone by not doing one. I can't remember when I started doing them. It wasn't right from the beginning, though, was it? No, it came in several episodes in, I'd say. Yes, as I did look back over my notes. They were very different at the start to where we got to. But mm. on this Beatles day, and I've chosen the 16th of August, 1962, because it's a very significant day in early Beatles-ness because Mm. obviously by this point they've got to you know they're linked to EMI things are starting to happen Mm. with them but on the 16th of August 1962 it's the day that Pete Best is sacked right how did that go down oh it was just fun and mutual kindness Mm. It's amazing that this all the I'm not going to do any speculating here at all because there's no reason to and obviously even Pete still doesn't believe that he knows the real reason why it happened and there's been all the things that people have said over the years but this is how it happened according to the best that we know really in in overview. Okay. So Pete gets called to Brian's offices in NEMS mm. in Liverpool and he goes in with Neil Aspinall. Now Neil Aspinall obviously is the roadie for the Beatles at the mm. time. And he's also in a relationship with Pete Best's mother, right. and mm. so he's he's come from the Pete Best side of the of the equation into the group, right? But so anyway, they they a bit of small talk between Brian and Pete. He says, "How do you think things are going?" No, no, no. And then Brian has to say, "Sorry, mm. the boys want you out," and Ringo in. Okay. Now there's things like they've got shows, you know, coming up. They've got their television appearance when Granada are coming to film them in the cavern coming up very soon at this point. So this is obviously, regardless of the reasons, this is obviously the the bolt out of the blue for Pete. Mm. Um, Brian offers to keep him on contract because he is under contract to him and and wants to set him up with a new group. And you can find various stories about who he was possibly going to go with or whatever. Mm. Uh, The people who are conspicuous by their absence are the rest of the Beatles who just did not want to be around for this. 
and right. they farmed off the dirty work onto Brian, mm. which uh, which they've had a habit of doing beforehand, getting other people to mm. you know pass on messages to people. Uh, so, so they're basically too afraid to sack him face to face. But apparently the phone rang in, in Brian's office whilst this was going down and, and Brian had to say, oh, no, I'm still with him. Right. So presumably one of them rang up during that thing. Is it done? Yeah, essentially. But yeah, and then insult to injury. Brian says, well, you've, there's a, they've got a show tonight. You've got a show tonight. Formerly you. Mm. Um, can you play that? And the next couple on the weekend, to which Pete sort of presumably in a bit of shock says yes. Right. Oh, so did he uh, go and play... But he didn't play them. No. no, he thought he went off and you know went down the road and started to get drunk with Neil. Uh, no, so Neil, like I say, was obviously the closest to the best family, and he mm. could have just gone off and sided with Pete. But do you know what? Neil went and roadied that night, and he stayed with the band. Yeah, and obviously stayed with them all the way through the rest of his life. Mm. Um. Yeah, yeah. So a strange time. Pete sort of determined that he somehow he was going to be at the Beatles TV filming thing. And apparently he did go to the cavern when they were being filmed, just sort of came in and went out again without mm. really being seen by, you know, you know, the boys themselves, but spotted by a few other folk. Yeah. So weird there. The gig that evening was in um, Chester, not far from Liverpool. And they get Johnny Hutchinson from the big three to play with them for a couple of shows. And then Ringo's first official show as a Beatle is on the 18th of August, a couple of days later. Wow. So, a strange cliff edge moment again in in the Beatles story. Sadly for Pete, he's yeah. he's off the cliff in this in this occasion, and and they're off into I don't know where that metaphor was going. <laughs> <laughs> off, but uh, uh, flying yeah. close to the sun. No, uh, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, sixteenth of August, nineteen sixty-two, a very significant day. That's obviously had yeah. a lot of. It had a lot of local repercussion for people having to readjust to this thing at the Beatles on the cusp of stardom. It could have gone anyway with with Ringo going down to the studio because he was an unknown quantity going down to London for the recordings. Mm. And as we know, obviously, Andy White had come in for those first couple of things. So, yeah, so very significant day. In a nutshell, as someone who doesn't have a very in-depth reading and knowledge around this period, um, uh, speculation, okay, just completely condense all the speculation down to one of two options, Paul, because that's how the world works, right? Okay. Um, was the problem on the ability side or on the personality, not saying it's a, you know, like maybe a clash, or is it a bit of both? So maybe there's three options. My reading of it really is it's a bit of both. There's obviously then these offshoots from both of those categories because like yeah. a lot of people are saying, well, thing was they were jealous of Pete because he was so handsome, and he was, you know, he was mm. proper, you know, mean and moody looking guy, uh, and then he or he wouldn't comb his hair in the Beatles cut, which he wouldn't, right, stuff like that. But that's I think just sort of focusing on something like that is it isn't right. Yeah, he didn't gel with the rest of them in the same way that John Paul and George did together. Right didn't spend as much time with them outside of yeah. playing all that sort of stuff. He wasn't as chatty. He wasn't as, you know, fizzy a personality, you know, like when you get giddy with your friends, which I think is sort of John Paul and George together. Yeah. Especially in those days. But also, you know, if you read it from the Beatles point of view, they're saying his story is he wasn't good enough for us. No. We weren't going to move forward with him because we couldn't. That's mm. their thing. Well, it's got to take a bit of everything, hasn't it, with that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't said that, actually. It doesn't really need to take a bit of everything. You're not going to forgive someone just because you you could be great mates with someone, but if he's going to hold the entire band back, and they obviously yeah. knew had a, they knew where they were heading, where they wanted to be. Yeah. And they'd played with Ringo, so they knew what it could be like. Yeah. With and Ringo. What a world. I, you know, he's got a, he got a great story out of it for the rest of his life, but, I mean... Well, imagine not having had Ringo. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, if, if they'd have kept Pete, they'd have gone down to make the first album. Pete wouldn't have been on it anyway. Right. The band wouldn't have sounded like the band, and that could have been the end of the story. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah. And Ringo so, does does connect with them, doesn't he? They become. They are all good friends. Yeah, that's Ringo. it. He's part of it. You know, they extricate him from his band and get him get him in. And yeah, Pete had a very very hard time for a very very long time, and it's mm. you know something. Uh, that 
I presume no matter how much he made from the money he got from the anthology, mm. you know, is never going to soften the actual it happened to me sense. Yeah. But um, I think, you know, it, it helped him refocus in the later years of his life as he's moved forward from then on. Oh, good. And so, yeah, strange times for Pete Best in the 16th of August, 1962. Okay. Well, a very notable date. Mm. So normally I'd be saying let's get on with the first of the five random picks, but there are no five random picks because they are done. So let's get on with some charts and looking at what we've, well, what I've done over the last 43 weeks with your help. First of all, um, I do get asked a lot whether I agree with my own rankings, which I think is a fair enough question. And that's just me. That's just you. But, uh, you know, the internet uh, um, and people I know, other people I know have asked the same thing because it's, it's fair enough when we started off, I mean, any kind of um, exercise like this, you get so far into it and you think, oh, maybe I did those ones early on a bit too high or a bit too low. But what yeah. I didn't want to do is, for the sake of consistency, for the people listening, is start going back and twiddling with a load of things. So I've waited till the very end and I'm throwing the whole thing out the window and started again. Nah. No, I haven't. No, I've had a look through and I think there's just a few, I mean, literally four, I think, where I felt, okay, some fair points have been made and looking back, it's not sat right with me. Um, so I don't think that's quite good. Out of 213 songs, you know, four songs. So here's some changes to the final oh, chart. This is the drama, really. This Ooh. is everything settling, isn't it? So, first one. P.S. I love you. P.S. I love you. Yeah, great song. Languishing at 180 in the charts. Um, when we scored it and first discussed it, I wasn't massively familiar with it. Um, it's just one I hadn't listened to much. And on the first few listens, I wasn't that impressed. However, it has steadily and perniciously grown on me. And I think it should be higher. I think it's a lovely melody. It's got a real nice ambiance about it. I don't think it's toppermost of the poppermost, but I think it should be higher. So therefore, its new scores are, lyrics have gone from 36 up to 45, music has gone from 39 up to 52, and production has stayed at 43, which takes it to a position of 159 in the charts. Oh, it shot up the charts. It has shot up the charts. Where does that put it in terms of what's either side of it? (laughs) Okay, that's a good question. So 159... I have. You'll have to bear with me in this episode, as I will have spreadsheets to go and look oh, at. Oh, I've got it here. It is. It's sandwiched. It's behind one after nine oh nine. Yep. And above, and your bird can sing. You loony. <laughs> That's fine. What? What? Do they not sound right to you? As a, well, uh, if we start asking, well, I, it sounds right to me. We'll be here forever. <laughs> so yeah. So there's the first of the adjustments. I, it just. Um, I keep on singing it. I just, I mean, there's always been one song every episode that's kind of stuck with me here, but that one has almost stuck with me from the series. Next oh, one. Well, I think that's great because that is, it is a little gem, I think, P.S. Mm. I Love You. I think it's a very, it's just such a nice thing in and of itself. It's not like it's a, a massive clue to a future direction or anything like that. No. It's, a, it's just a, a brilliant bit of pop of the era. It is. And, and I think it's got some, let's say, the melody and the chord changes and the... the um, and the mood that they create. The vocals are great yeah, as well. Paul the little breakout it. bits. It's lovely to sing it. That's why I've been singing it walking around. It's just a great song. It's a Vegas shower song um, to sing. So, yeah. So, so we go on to the next one? Mm-hmm. So the next, uh, well, kind of two I'll, I'll talk about, but um, they're both for the same kind of reason. So Carry That Weight and I Want You, She's So Heavy, both suffered terribly at the hands of my lyric scoring system and both should be higher. Now, I struggled with this lyrics scoring, as I'm sure you have picked up on over these uh, last year, because you have something like I want you where the lyrics are, I want you, I want you so bad, I want you so bad, it's driving me mad, she's so heavy. 
and you put it side by side with something that's actually got like two, three verses and a chorus, and it, I, I went down the or kind strawberry of, fields or something yeah, like that. You know? And I went down the kind of quantitative route as well as the qualitative route, which put me in a difficult position for trying to score something. You know, um, with with very few lyrics compared to something with lots of lyrics. If I'd originally taken the the stance that I score it for the right lyrics for the song, I would have been slightly different, wouldn't it? Yes, which, which is what you should have done. Which is what I should have done. <laughs> hey, but I didn't, and I'm not going to redo everything for that reason. Not many of them scored. There's not many examples of this happening, and these are two notable examples, which is why I've pulled them out. So, um, yeah, so. Uh, also I think for some reason carry that weight I seem to have scored just the bits that weren't the um, the uh, you never give me your money section in it so it, it really had a dramatic music kind of drop as well so that's weird so I've kind of changed that so for carry that weight first it was originally 98th I've moved the lyrics from 40 to 50 the music from 56.5 to 70 and I've kept the production at 93 which takes it from 98th to 72nd. That's yeah. a little leap as well. That's sandwiching it between And I Love Her and The Inner Light. Hmm. That's a nice little trio of songs to listen to. <laughs> it's, yeah, it would be odd if you got that on a compilation. Yeah. I mean, the, Carry That Way also has the problem of the Abbey Road B-side. Yes. Yeah. Anything in the medley is it, it, hard to... Well... It's tricky. Yeah. Because I wouldn't listen to them. I wouldn't put a playlist of them like that. What I'd probably do, um, and I'm yet still to make this playlist because I've been busy on holiday and things, is take the highest song, a scoring song from the medley and put the songs around it, if you know what I mean. I think that's the only way I could do it from a playlist point of view because it just wouldn't make sense to listen to to just carry that weight and not the end and things. So yeah, I'd probably do it that way. But um, yeah, so and the next one, also from Abbey Road, I Want You. Now this one has completely annoyed me all the time because it, yeah, it's really one of my favourite songs, and it wasn't being reflected in the scores because I'd had to give it such a low lyrics. Um, so this time I've budged up its lyrics from fifty-one to seventy-five. I've gone for the this is the lyric for this song. You couldn't put any other lyrics for this song, therefore it gets away with it. I've also given its music a little nudge from 91 to 93 because I think it is my favourite musical song. And I've given its production a little one-up as well from 91 to 92, which takes it from 46th, Paul, to 19th. She's so... That's insane that it's got into the top 20. I mean, t- not insane for the song. I mean, it's, it's you know, I think it's a worthy top 20 yeah. song, but uh, that, it's, that its adjustment has made such a difference. Yeah. Sandwiching it now, as I look at my spreadsheet in front of me here, between She's Leaving Home and The Fool on the Hill. Yeah, and... Pushing, a Lennon squash between two McCartneys. Yeah, and it pushes yesterday out of the top 20. Um, but... Um, what do you do? Um, and I was looking, it, it just a testament to the to this body of work that you're looking, thinking, I was thinking, how can I, you know, I want this in there, up there, but it, it still doesn't go higher than that. And I feel happy with that because you start looking after that and you go, no, it's, it's good. But the, you know, all these things are amazing. It's, it's really, it's, it's such a hard um, kind of chart to kind of find a place in. So I think it's, I think I feel, I feel better about that now. I feel better about that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you know, this is this is for you. I mean, your mental yeah. health has to uh, <laughs> live with this this spreadsheet. Yeah, uh, I have to live with it. Yeah. So, last one then for that's been um, adjusted is something. Attracts me like no other 
So what uh, was going on there then? So someone pointed out on Twitter that something was lower than piggies. <laughs> right. And I thought, hmm, that doesn't sound right, does it? If And what I tend to do what, is think, if I was, I, I do the Desert Islands discs things, you know, if I had to choose between the two, which one would I take with me? And I think I would take something. So this I is little, the, op, the optician's version of doing this, isn't it? Is it better with this one? Yeah. Or is it better with that one? Which is how, how this I... This one? Yeah, exactly. Or that one? And you could do that for the entire way of ranking it. It would be a much, yeah. you know, it would be a basically like a, a World Cup of Beatles songs, as long as you didn't do it from like two different directions. But you'd have to do one against each other until you've done the whole lot. So I'm not, I'm done it that way. But with something... I had a look at why did why is it not gone so high? And it was the lyrics dragged it down. I was really, really stingy on its lyrics um, for some reason. I think it's because I didn't get the whole, I'm asking you, will my love grow? I don't know. I didn't quite, you know, it doesn't actually stand up to that much uh, investigation, those lines. However, again, they are the right lyrics for the song. They sound good. The pacing of them is good. So the lyrics have gone up from 60 to 75. The music's gone up from 85 to 88 because I thought that deserved a nudge. And looking at some of the other Abbey Road scorings, I've also nudged its production from 80 to 84, which takes it from 57th to 37th. Yeah. So I'd be happy to say it is now higher than Piggies. Well, yeah, interesting. Well, well, I'll tell you what's most interesting while we're on the subject of something mm. is that I think for a lot of people, they would instantly say, well, what's going to be t- your top George Harrison song? Mm. And they would people's instincts would generally be, well, it's either something or here comes the sun. Yeah, yeah. Now, what we've got, of course, and I'm sure we'll mention is Within You, Without You as the highest ranking oh, yeah. George song, yes. which I think is interesting. It, well, that's, that, yeah, it is. That, that interested me as well. I I... Didn't expect that's one of the ones I didn't expect from my own chart, you know, because I've never. You've you've said before that you've got a you've probably got a chart in your head somewhere that you try and deny exists, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. <laughs> one of the reasons for doing this, um, other than knowing what my top, I, I was pretty sure that a day in the life was going to be at the top. That I, I I wanted to be I wanted to test that, but other than that, I have a real bad memory for things, so I just don't have charts in my head. So I have to. I have to look at things and write things down. So this exercise has helped me to discover some things I didn't realise about my own brain. Hmm. So other than those four songs, um, I'm quite happy with the rest. Good. I'm glad to hear it after you all know, this uh, effort. Yeah, after, after all this, I've had looks. I think that's that's fine. You know, nothing major. There, there's, there could be some swapping here and there. But because it's, you know, it doesn't matter. None of this is of any consequence other than for my own playlist and I'm not going to get annoyed if I hear one song three songs before another that could have been a bit better than it you know um I'm quite happy so let's look at some charts now shall we but let's not go through all 213 um I've linked the chart to the podcast description where you can go and look at all the songs also one of our listeners has very helpfully um put them all into a playlist now that's will need updating I'm afraid now um a listener called Seamus Riley has put us a um playlist together of the chart um so spotify on spotify so we will share that again when this episode goes out and thank you very much for that shamus however he did the same as well i must say for the head ballet podcast because i did start it and i sort of uh, it sort of trailed off a little bit as i got uh overwhelmed trying to get things put together and put out so he's uh, very kindly (laughs) done that for for both of us a helpful chap so thank you Seamus and um hopefully you know this will if you don't mind just readjusting the order that would make it (laughs) now do our do our bidding (laughs) and uh, we will uh we will signpost people to that but anyway you can go and see the list for yourselves on the podcast description of the adjusted chart so let's have a closer look at the top um well we always do the top 20 let's do the top 25 just for uh, bit of fun and uh see if anything jumps out at us april because mm-hmm. um well, 20, a strange noise yeah 25 is about a good listening session isn't it really i'd say so starting at number 25 sexy sadie at 25 lovely rita at 24 nowhere man at 23 blackbird at 22 and yesterday at 21 oh yes yesterday just dropping out of the top yeah your readjustments as you said i mean it's again because of my quantitative kind of a approach a man and a guitar is gonna it's not gonna hit them production scores is it 
having had mm-hmm. just had the Olympics on, it's a bit like difficulty of gymnastics versus, you know, technical scores kind of thing. You know, some of the songs that are bigger produced have kind of pipped ahead. And again, that's probably not quite right, but they're a nice little collection of songs, aren't they? Yes. Yes. Um, okay, so going from 20 down from there, The Fool on the Hill at number 20, I Want You So She's So Heavy at number 19, She's Leaving Home at 18, Cry Baby Cry at number 17, Lady Madonna at 16, so that's the next five. Okay, yeah, that's a good Paul John, Paul John, Paul type uh, selection yeah, good there. Mix, good mix in there. Can't accuse me of any Beatle favouritism at this point. <laughs> um, so, at number 15, All You Need Is Love. At number 14, Come Together. At number 13, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, Let It Be at number 12, and Eleanor Rigby at number 11. Righto. So the Paul song's kind of the highest of those bunch, but quite a few Johns in there. Yeah, so on to the next ones. So we're into the top 10 now. Hey Jude at number 10. Tomorrow Never Knows at number 9. Within You Without You at number 8. Across the Universe at number 7. And Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds at number 6. Hmm. Mm. That's interesting. That's a big sort of mainly psychedelic block, but then huge anthem in the form of Hey Jude. Yeah. You know, and I, I think when I we were doing Hey Jude when it came out of the bag, as it were, I, I said, it's so easy to forget how good a song it is mm. just because it's so ubiquitous and so yeah. tied into McCartney. But it's it's a phenomenal piece of work, you know. Yeah, it's 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 daft how good Hey Jude is, and it's it's really worth trying to consider it in that in without the prejudice of knowing it so well as more or less everyone on the planet <laughs> does. Yeah, you know, There's sometimes songs are popular for a very 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 good reason. You know, yeah, and uh, it's a particular McCartney performance vocally as well that just really works so well. Yeah. Oh, it's much. It's it's great to hear. I think it perhaps because people are so used to seeing it on the telly. A live yeah. version with people screaming and everyone, you know, and you know, listen, sit and listen to the record that they made. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. And any time you feel the pain, hate you refrain. Don't carry the world up on your shoulders. So, um, I mean, I think also in that bunch, I think, and I surprised myself with Tomorrow Never Knows, but I think it's, it's, it, that's because it was so pioneering without even knowing it was, I don't know whether, you know, it's not given that credit. Well, it is given that credit, people, but. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard to understand looking. retrospectively how yeah. important it was at the time. I think it, it probably had quite a big impact to people buying Beatles albums. But by, t- by the time you've got to the end of Revolver, you know something's going on. Yeah. But to end like that and that sort of like that leaving people hovering for what comes next after this, I mm. wonder how much of that was an impact at the time and how much of it was just like, Ooh, what's this? Yeah. I mean, it may it, it, say, I think it took a few decades for that, for people to, for the, it's, it's real influence to really emerge, you know, in the mainstream. Uh, I think as someone who grew up, in the 80s and 90s, especially formatively, th- that kind of sound was really hitting its stride in popular music mm-hmm. uh, for people who wouldn't necessarily always kind of um, realise they were c- it was coming from the Beatles, you know, 30, year pre- 30, year, 30 years previously, Paul. It is not dying. Um, and across the universe, also um, in there, and one that, um, although we don't think it kind of ever got the production it, it deserved, it's still a great song. Absolutely phenomenal, and there's some of the best words ever. And obviously, Bill behind Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds, because that kind of has all the same, for all the same reasons. Yes. Leaving us with the top five, which is at number five, Penny Lane. At number four, In My Life. At number three, I'm the Warus. 
Strawberry Fields Forever at number two, and A Day in the Life, still at number one. John, 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 Paul. John, 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 Paul. Yes, yeah. Although a day in the life can be quite... Is a John Paul, really, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's quite it literally is a, cut and shut. Yeah, but it's 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 cut and shut rather than collaborate. Yeah. Stop, collaborate and listen. It's... Um, yeah, so it's quite hard to... I think it's, you've got to think of it primarily as a John song, but it'd be nothing without the McCartney bit in the middle of it, yeah. wouldn't it? So, yeah, so I'd say it goes Paul, John, 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 Paul, John. All right. You know, you can say that if you want. But it's an interesting top five. So you've got basically, what have we got? Yeah, I mean, I suppose we better get onto the albums thing in a minute. Mm. I mean, In My Life has always been the song, if someone's pressed me on what is your favourite song. Yeah. In My Life has generally been it. I'm not sure that it is anymore. It's certainly very, very near the top. Mm. Oh, I know I'll never lose affection For people and things that went before I know I'll often stop and think about them In my life, I love you more uh, Do I like Strawberry Fields forever more than I like Day in the Life, for instance? It's, I don't know, if I've got my production head on, the challenges and, and excitement and the fact that Strawberry Fields Forever actually turned into anything at all is astonishing. Yeah. Um, I Am The Walrus, just a slab of pure psych mm. right in the middle of that. Just everything that, you know, that sort of sums up so much of what people think of as that period of the 60s, I Am The Walrus, really. mm and does it without being too wacky. Yeah, it somehow doesn't... It's not... Because um, it's, it's not, creepy as hell. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not laughable. That's the thing. It's not like um, the little pixie gnomes, is it? Yes. It's, it's I not know you all, struggle with gnome-based pop. I do. I do struggle. I don't struggle with it. I find it hilarious, but I find it laughable. As, you know, as in, it's got to be like... Like a knowing, you, you knew you were doing that, didn't you? The laughing gnome stuff and things. It's this is this is serious rock music, but with psychedelic themes. You know, yeah. It's not daft. It's not something you can kind of like write off as being well, that's just silly. It's not. It's it's really really important rock music, important to rock music um, yeah. and popular music in general. It just happens to have a line about a walrus and an eggman in it. But rather than them being silly, that conjured up, you know, whole worlds of Lewis Carroll-like, you know, flights of fancy, not just like some you know, daft little gnomes at the bottom of your garden. Kind of yeah. Thing. So, yeah. It's like the difference between Tolkien um, and gnomes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so yeah. Um yeah, so yeah, I, I and in my life yeah. And Penny Penny Lane I think is the one that's technically in there just because it's you can't you can almost not fault it just as a as a piece of work. Although it may not have occurred to me that it was like in my top 5. It's just I it's undeniably a brilliant piece of music. Yeah, totally. I'll tell you what I've I have done, Gary. Actually, since we've just grown up to the top twenty-five. Yeah. Uh, I know we haven't completed our Ruttles journey yet, and I'm, yeah. that'll be one of the things we need to do at some point: is round up all of the Ruttles that haven't particularly been pinned to one song or another. Okay. But the Ruttles equivalent of the top twenty, mm. we have number one would be cheese and onions. Yeah. Number two would be piggy in the middle. Mm-hmm. Number five, pe- double double back alley. For Penny right. Lane. Yeah. Six, Good Times Roll. Eight, Nevertheless. Nine, Joe Public. Fourteen, Ina Kleiner, Middle Class of Music. 
love life at 15 and the equivalent of number 20 is questionnaire so right so we have like a top nine ruttles out of your top 20 okay. selection there oh that's cool i'll have to get that playlist together as well there's another one for you seamus <laughs> if you wouldn't mind um, just leave him alone he's <laughs> done enough yeah it's very, very helpful much appreciated well let's have a look at the albums then shall we yeah let's do it can i do an advert first oh go on then i was on a podcast about the goon show okay now a lot of beatles fans will know about the goon show the two things seem very linked the goon show was a radio comedy series of the 50s mm-hmm starring Spike Milligan, Peter Sellers and Harry Seacombe and it was a massive influence on sort of the personalities and uh, the young Beatles growing up, particularly John. Mm. And I was very honoured to be asked if I'd like to come on it and talk about an episode of The Goon Show that I really like, which I did. It was called Mm. The Whistling Spy Enigma. Um, And so I do talk about the Beatles quite a bit on that because we talk about the music and I discuss that I, I think it's not just the goon's humour. I think it's the weekly exposure to all these different songs as well is really important and formative on the Beatles mm. too that I don't think gets talked about often enough. Uh, so do look up at uh, Pod on Twitter or just look for it in your in your various podcast players. But I was on that very recently. I was very pleased to be on that recently and it's great. So listen to that. Advert over. Pull up a chair. Oh, very good. I have not yet listened to it, Paul, but I will. Traitor. Oh, I will. Well, I was too busy listening to your other podcast, Hark, and catching up with um, all the episodes. Now I've read all the books. God, my voice is everywhere. You just, you're never off the podcasts. I know. Um, oh, before we do the album chart, actually, I was going to have a look at the top 10 covers. Oh, right. Okay. Do it that oh, way. Oh, and I, I should have also mentioned um, <laughs> sorry, this is a really well organised episode, as you can tell. Uh, on the main chart, I've sorted out all the tied ones as well. It's only a technicality. Where's things were tied on? on like, you know, two or three songs on the same position. I've just looked, gone through them and said, well, this is my order for them and just nudged one up. So um, when yes, you see I that... can't, I can't abide a tied position in a no. chart. So there are no ties now. Everything has been sorted out. There you go. So Everything when you... is in its own neat little bed. Yes, which I just did by, that was just arbitrary. I looked at the three, two or three and thought, well, that's the order I put them in. So yes, that's all sorted. So going to the covers chart now... Um, we have, um, I'll just do the top 10, okay? At do num- it. At number 10, Long Tall Sally. At number 9, Roll Over Beethoven. At number 8, Money, That's What I Want. Kansas City, Hey, 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 is at number 7. Dizzy Miss Lizzie at number 6. Twist and Shout at number 5. Baby It's You at number 4. Till There Was You at number 3. Please Mr. Postman at number 2. And You Really Got a Hold on Me at number 1. Strange boy. <laughs> Strange boy. I don't... I think what becomes obvious with that... I mean, this is the top 10 out of, I think there's about 25, um, is that I prefer the R&B style stuff more than I do the rock and roll style stuff, but the rock and roll style stuff is still up in my top 10. Yeah. And I think the you'll find the country side of things is more down towards the bottom end. Yes. Yeah. That's just a reflection of, of who I am. It's odd that Twist and Shout's not at sort of top or well, second top fifth. or... Yeah, well, yeah, I know, but it's twist and shout for goodness' sake. Yeah, um, um, yeah. And the long tall Sally is below dizzy Miss Lizzie. You're mad, mad, <laughs> mad with power. Um, yeah, I think I said this at the time about maybe. Your ranking I mean, of some of these things, the, there is point three of a score in it between the, those two songs you've just mentioned. So it it, it could easily you kind of um I could have coughed on the day and it would have scored higher <laughs> yeah i could have thought oh, that was a that was a good nice um dinner i had 70 points i, I think it's um it's it's it, there's not much in them really like a medieval king you are controlled by the balance of humors in your body <laughs> indeed yes yeah yeah that's um how i explain away all my medical needs 
Yes. Um, so yeah, so that's the, that's the cover chart, and I had some suggestions from some of our um, followers on Twitter about how about giving them like fifty each and seeing how they would fit into the normal chart. But on the lyrics, yeah. But I think that would just put some in arbitrarily higher than they would be, and you know, I, I, yeah. If if I could have the time again, um, I'll be bothered to do it all again. I'd perhaps try and score the lyrics in the same way, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, it just didn't happen that way. Yeah, it didn't feel right to me that you'd be you'd go back and score the lyrics afterwards because mm. uh, you know it doesn't work for the purposes of was this Lennon McCartney Harrison Starr? Yeah, it, against the other measures that you've got, exactly. It's that, suddenly like yeah. different people in different places in different markets. Absolutely, and and I think the Beatles' reaction to these songs, the things that made them cover them, I think was rarely actually the lyrical content of it. No, it was the it was their sort of intrinsic reaction to the style of these things, the the sound of these things, or the or the charmingness of these things for things like Till There Was You and stuff like that. Yeah. Rather than them going, oh well, oh long tall Sally, she's built pretty sweet, she's got everything that Uncle John needs. Well, that's that's perfect poetry. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. It just seems strange to. I mean, in any, I think there would have been an argument not to put them in at all. But then, no, they're they're on the albums. But so you you want, you'd, you'd want to, have, but exactly, you'd have I'm caught in broken a the structure. Yeah. So, so yeah. So there we go. The fact is, they all they all didn't get lyric scores. So at least they were consistent in that way. Mm. So we can move on to the albums charts now. So this is a. Uh, oh, so before we get onto this, then I've taken out um, what was classified as anthology because there's only two songs on that, which is "Real Lovers Free as a Bird." So they're not being counted in anything here. Well, they're singles. Yeah. There wasn't, and also, also for this first rendering of the chart, I have left in the Capitol Records Magical Mystery Tour version, which has become the the de facto yes, main version. That has yeah. Even though I read somewhere that Lennon was like, "No, oh, that's not an album. That's just something they did, and people think it's an album." Well, it it kind of is now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. The, the thing is, it they folded all this stuff into a official canon. Mm. You know, and by the time of the CDs coming out in the mid-80s, when they first did that, that was it. And why wouldn't you? Because they don't exist anywhere else. So you'd kind of, without them, you wouldn't have a, you know... uh, Yeah, and and in the post-past masters sort of world that they they suddenly came into after having some things that were only available on a rarities record that you could only get in certain situations in the 70s and stuff. Mm. Yeah, so, this yeah. is a, this is this this is the kind of strange legacy of their kind of don't put things on albums, but do sometimes, but don't always kind of way they did things, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. and then and then bundle them all up. So, with that in mind, Magical Mystery Tour, including those um, you know the, the singles that orbited it. Um, so there's 14 albums, and we start at number 14 with the Beatles, number 13 Ooh. Beatles for Sale, number 12 Please Please Me. Number 11, A Hard Day's Night. Number 10, Help. Number 9, Past Masters. Number 8, Let It Be. Number 7, Rubber Soul. Number 6, Yellow Submarine. Number 5, The Beatles. White album. Number 4, Revolver. Number 3, Abbey Road. Magical Mystery Tour at number 2. And Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band at number 1. Big shock. Well, Ooh, that was a long pause. Then I thought, yeah. you, I thought you disconnected. <laughs> I'd just gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mic dropped I, and walked yeah. away. <laughs> I don't think my album list would be anything like that. You see, really? so uh-huh. well, like you were saying when we were on holiday, I tended, I tend towards playing earlier and middle era albums more often. Mm, yes, I think I now. I mean, I love the White Album, for instance. Mm. And I can get go through that over and over again. I, I, all of them, but you know, I treat Abbey Road a little bit like a treat. Okay. Whereas if I'm, I'd rather listen to, I don't know, like Hard Day's Night or something like that. Mm. Well, that's I, that's, enough, it's just it? so hard to say. I mean, part of the issue now is because of the availability of having everything everywhere all the time. 
and because of us doing this project, I've been doing a lot of dipping into songs that I've got in my head yes. and just going and listening to them and a few bits and pieces rather than putting on a tape like I would have done in my Walkman once upon a time and listening yeah. all the way through. Yeah, it's it's it, it, the way you consume, it does change throughout your life. I mean, I haven't been, uh, I'm, I've mostly listened to albums in the car and actually because of it being a family car, it's mostly Yellow Submarine. Um, mm. I think I, I put on um, Help. I got away with a few of them before my daughter was like, Where's the doggy, where's the doggy song? And didn't want to yell a submarine <laughs> again. But I've been listening to every single Beatles song three or four times in chunks of five for the last 43 weeks. <laughs> so yeah. it's a straight. But I've also listened to them as they've come out on vinyl. Um, I say come out on vinyl. I have a big random box of vinyl, which um, is in a random order. Um, and every now and again, it, it just was the, these were gifted to me from, from a, a family member. So uh, every now and again, a Beatles one comes out and I'll just listen to it. And so I've experienced some of them on original mono vinyls. And I really, really enjoyed listening to, um, I think, With the Beatles. See, I love With the Beatles. But, you know, it's low, it's the bottom of my list. When yeah. when you base the list on the average of all the individual songs, doesn't necessarily mean the same because an album has that potential for bigger than the sum of its parts, much more. Yeah, than- so that's a whole other debate you could have yeah. because you could do an episode just on how the albums work. For instance, whilst I mean, Sergeant Pepper's for me. Mm. Well, I don't think a lot of the individual songs would have ranked as highly for me on the ultimate list. Mm. Although I do love lots of them very very much. My experience of Sgt. Pepper's as an album, mm. I remember my first time listening to it all the way. I've probably said this at some other point yeah. in the podcast, listening to it all the way through on my Walkman, laying in bed when I've got my own bedroom and just being astonished, mm. just shocked to my core that a record could sound like that because I'd never heard anything like it. Yeah. And then being freaked out to my core when the single pass through of the inner groove happened yeah. at the end of it. And so that experience is an album experience rather than as experience of this song, this song, this song, this song, this song. Mm. But yeah. I suppose what you're doing as well, though, is you're moving from please, please me through to Abbey Road, let it be. Mm. Well, the, the whole concept of what an album is and can be has changed. Exactly? Partly because of these albums. Yeah, they they, they are... They are. This is why I'd, I've, I've not. I've said this before about the my higher scoring of middle and later songs than the early songs. Is I kind of think that Paul and John would agree with me, and so, I mean, maybe Paul in a certain mood would be like, you know, I sound George and Ringo, but like maybe in a certain mood, Paul would be like, oh, the old rockers, though, you know. But they were developing. They weren't. They didn't want to write the, the stuff they were playing that they were listening to when they did the last album, they wanted to do the next album and the next one. They wanted to get better. So wouldn't they always have thought that their next album was going to be better? Wouldn't the, that, that, it seems to me quite natural that, that's, that it's the shape of this album chart is roughly, although it kind of gets, obviously, Let It Be comes in the middle, is roughly following the kind of timeline, you know. Where did Please Please Me come in your list, sorry? Um, it came 12th. Right, okay. Well, I mean, there's also a tricksy thing there. Of course, you've included Past Masters because yeah. it's the collection of stuff that isn't elsewhere. Yeah. So that's a, it's not really, you know, that you can sort of write that off as an album, but it doesn't really affect anything else in no. there. But um, yeah, it's official canon, so. Absolutely. Um, and if you were to, um, just for, for purists, if you were to take Magical Mystery Tour as the album that was originally released without all those singles it's on double it. double EP. Yeah, then things change slightly in that 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 drops down to fifth place, and then everything else adjusts around it basically. So, the top ten with Magical Mystery Tour as it was is Help, Past Masters, Let It Be, Rubber Soul, Yellow Submarine, Magical Mystery Tour at five, then the White Album, then Revolver, then Abbey Road, and then Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. So you know, and also also you know because of the way I've done it. Abbey Road's got what? How many songs are it? Not Abbey Road. Um, White Album's got how many songs? Um, a lot. A lot. Well, a lot it's, of it's songs. It's the only double album. Yeah. You know, compared to Yellow Submarine with five originals on it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Yellow Submarine while we're here because yeah. we must do this. Then I insist upon it, and I hope I'll find support out there in our listenership as well that we get, we do the George Martin side of the album at some point. 
and we and obviously we can't rank that for Beatles aspects, but we need yeah. to listen to that and we need to understand that because that was on a release that was yeah, out and available, so people would have heard it. I and I, um, I listen to regularly, so yeah, and. Uh, our friend Tim Worthington mm. uh, went on to I Am the Egg Pod with the Yellow Submarine album, so he could talk about that stuff because yeah. it's you know it's got a significance and a place yeah. as well. So we've got to uh, give it some time at some point. So we will. So you know, we sure will. We sure will. March of the Meanies will not be abandoned. Yes, we'll figure out where we can fit them in. Um, and yeah, so these albums are different. You know, they are some, there are some oddities amongst them. Um, so it's 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 kind of arbitrary, but it, I think it's it, I'm I'm quite happy with it. Um, yeah, and obviously the covers on the early albums make a big difference as well because they 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 had them and the later ones didn't. Uh, so their their average score is being dragged down by my um, lack of lyric scoring. So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm 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 quite happy with that. Fair enough. But yeah, it'd be, maybe one day we'll look at the albums. As, Maybe one day we'll look back at this and laugh. <laughs> oh, okay. So a quick one more chart. I think um, we is favourite singer slash main songwriter. Can I do another advert oh, before oh, you do that? Blimey, it's just like um, stuff kept coming up. Well, it's not an advert so much, but uh, as of today, um, it popped up, and I did share it on our Twitter feed, so people might have seen this. So Liverpool University, which is where I did my degree, and then later went back and did my masters. Mm. And uh, obviously, I live in Liverpool still and have an association with this particular establishment. Um, establishment, that's not the word I'm looking for, but whatever. Uh, so they have just launched or they've announced that they're launching a Journal of Beatles Studies, uh, an open access journal. Okay. Now, this will be an academic journal, but it's really the first one that's ever done it dedicated to the academic study of the Beatles, which is obviously going to be a, a, a bigger thing happening in Liverpool University because they're starting a new M MA degree called the Beatles Music Industry and Heritage. Okay. Waited until I'd done mine before they introduced that, didn't they? Right. Um, you can do another one. I'm not doing... Do you know how much work it is? It's really hard. Yeah, okay, if you say so. To get a distinction like what I did in my Masters. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's some great people involved in sort of the editorial side of that and it'll be coming uh, next year in, in the autumn. So mm. uh, Liverpool University Press will be putting out the Journal of Beatles Studies and, uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing what sort of thing's going to go into that and mm. um, what sort of contributions there's going to be. And I wonder, yeah... Uh, whether I should put my academic head on at any point and see if I can find some way of contributing to it. Because I think us doing podcasting as a new way of approaching the Beatles will be something that someone will definitely want to address in there at some point. Do you think someone's going to study us? Uh, well, other than our respective doctors, no, I don't know. But uh, you know. <laughs> If we were even a footnote in somebody's uh, official study of the Beatles... I'd well, that's why I could write it myself. Yeah. <laughs> Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, I have got an academic grounding in this stuff. It's not just nonsense and me saying, "Gary, you're wrong." No, no, exactly. Yeah, that's why I brought you on board. But anyway, it's exciting, regardless of our <laughs> our involvement in it. Yeah. But the, the Journal of Beatles Studies, oh yeah, it'll be something to look out for next year. Well done, Liverpool University. That sounds very interesting. Yes. Okay. Right. Well, um, I I was going to say one last little chart was as a rough guide to who was the main force behind a song. I've kind of looked at uh, the. Um, the kind of when there's a clear kind of lead singer type of person, you know, what their songs, you know, scored as to see who could be possibly crowned my favourite Beatle. King Beatle. King Beatle. Now, a lot of people online have already suggested that I'm a bit of a Lennon lover because of the prevalence of psychedelic Lennon songs in my top 10. But I think it's a bit more of a mixed bag than that myself. But I've ran the numbers, Paul, and the categories yeah. we've got is obviously you've got your your individuals, and you've got ones where it's the two of it's Lennon and McCartney sharing the vocals, and it goes like this: at number, um, well, it's five is Ringo, um, averaging forty nine point nine per song that he leads on. At number four is where is Lennon McCartney joint songs where there's no clear lead singer, which is 54.4 average. Then at number three is Lennon at 60.0. Oh, me being 60. <laughs> Just being precise there. Um, Harrison comes out at number two at 60.6. .6. 
and McCartney comes out at number one at 64.6. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind so of So the like, metric you've used there is is a sort of responsive to the material as a recording hmm. um, and the way they've put it together rather than who was the primary author. Yeah, it's it's who's kind of the main... It's based on the who sings it, basically, who's the lead vocalist. So there's some songs not in there where there's no... clear, And this has come from the kind of um, Wikipedia catalogue that I took the table from, that I went and cribbed the table from. So, you know, it's just maybe an indication. If you were going to look at an indication of who's your favourite beat, or maybe it gives you an idea. There's such little in it, though. You know, so I, I don't... I'm not going to say I've got a new favourite beat, because I think they're all brilliant, and I'm loath to choose one. But numerically, at least, Paul just pips it. Yeah. And I'm a bassist as well, so I've spent a lot more time um, studying studying Paul's music, you know, uh, as such, the way he plays and what he does as a as an instrumentalist as well, as a right. writer. So, yeah, so I think that's it, Paul, really. Well, it's more a, or less, I reckon. I mean, he could do data analysis on this for... Oh yeah, forever, you know, and that would be very tedious. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, for a start, that's what I do every day in my job, but for less interesting subjects than the Beatles. Um, but um, I also find that people tend to switch off quite quickly. So yeah, uh, yeah. we we the thing is, we've had some fun getting here, and we're we're not going to stop here. We're going to no. carry on, and we're going to do a series two, which will either be a collection of um, different kind of well, what series two is going to be? What's it going to be, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm glad you asked. Well, yeah. I think I think we know we're going to do certain specific things. Yeah, and uh, some of which have been suggested by the audience, suggestions mm-hmm. from the audience, like an improv show, and things that uh, certainly me or you have said we'd like to do. Yes. The things that I I think we would specifically want to do. We're going to do an an episode each. I think for each one of the anthologies where I will set you a task of five songs on each one okay. that have perhaps the uh, particular qualities that I think uh, can be ranked rather than just, oh, it's the live version or it's an early take type thing. Okay. So I reckon there'll be an, an anthology one, two, and three episode. episode. Yeah. I think we definitely, like I say, need to be looking at Yellow Submarine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. George Martin. I think we'll do Ruttles Roundup as a bonus episode at some point yeah. before Series 2. Yeah. I think that would be a sensible thing to do. And what else did we have listed down? Well... The movies? Yeah, we'd like to do something about the movies. We haven't quite figured out what yet, though, have we, really? Well, we could just rank them, um, I'd say. And well, I'd come up with a little movies category. And no, we'll do yeah. an episode of movie. Or do we wait until Get Back's come out along the... <laughs> that's, yeah. But it's... then that's TV, technically, now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, I'd like to do that. Movies have been a big part of my, yeah, you know, learning and loving the Beatles over the years. Uh, the other thing is songs that the Beatles gave away, particularly Lennon McCartney as the primary yeah. sort of songwriters. Yeah. And I reckon we can get. I don't know whether we do a couple of episodes over that, but uh, we probably would need to because it was a a good handful, particularly from the early part of their career that they gave away. Yeah. So those are the things that are mainly in my mind. Was there some? So the anthology is the one that contains most of the unreleased stuff, which you're going to cut, pick out of there for us. Yeah, so you? I'm going to set you... So the yeah. randomness there will be for you, because I'm going to choose... Okay. and um, Specific things. And will that include some things? I hear like, people throwing around the words Decca audition tapes. Well, that's all mostly on there, isn't it? That kind of stuff. It is, but I don't think we're going to do it in that. We might do those... I think we'll look at those in another i mean i i wrote a list mm-hmm. here so if there, any of these strike anybody then just do pipe up yeah like we could do a review of the various compilation albums because there's been a lot of official compilation albums it'd be interesting to look at what they are mm. uh obviously we can't go through every single song on it but we wouldn't need to it'd just be interesting to see what sort of things has been over the years okay so that might be something like say the anthology episodes the Lennon mccartney songs that are done by others mm-hmm. the films yeah, that's what that's what I've got got down okay. here. But yeah, Decca audition tapes would be interesting to hear. 
So discuss that earlier. And nothing solo, yeah, I don't think. No, I think that could be hopefully a season three, I think. You know, see how yeah. we get on. If we can string enough of these kind of um leftover chunks together. Enough of this rubbish together. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll get all this other stuff together and we'll we'll try and format each one into some kind of a chart. They can't be one master chart, it won't work. But within their own little categories we'll figure something out. So we, we have that out element for me to um anger everybody with. Um I think that will keep us going, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, well, it may be a little while before we're back because I've got another holiday. At least it's the summer holidays and we're going to get all that out of the way and get settled in to the shorter days and the longer nights and then start thinking about getting ourselves really set out for Series 2. So we will keep you informed. And uh, thank you again for listening. If you've got this far, especially in this particularly rambly episode, um of ours thank you we really really love it that you're listening um and taking an interest um in something that we love too uh, yes. thank you again paul that your... means a lot yes it does uh, sneaky beatles reference to future episode ah okay well then it just remains for me to say goodbye and i will say good beetle